Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Spinner Rack. I'm here with my boy, Petey. And today we're going to be talking about what? What the number one show out there right now on Disney Plus and probably around the, the what I got, the universe? I don't know what to call it. The Cableverse or whatever. Mandalorian. That's right. We're talking about one and two episodes, one and two of season two. So my boy, Petey here is now being initiated to the Mandalorian fandom. Woo-hoo. Hey, I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, Petey, let's talk about the very first episode right here. I um, think I'm not really good on the, giving the overview or summary, so I'm going to have to pass it back to you. Oh, what a move, what a move. No. Because so I don't want to go through the, no, no, then there was this. No, no, then there was that. And no, that, and that, and this. We're not doing a blow by blow. What are we going to be talking about? So the very first episode is we re- re- get reintroduced to um, to our character, the Mando or Mandalorian, with, of yes. course, who? The, 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 the baby Yoda, not baby Yoda. We don't know the name of the, of the, of the Yoda-like creature and stuff like that to this day. But his name is not Yoda. It's the and baby Yoda with no name. No Perfect name, but everybody for being in, in, in the Western slash um, well, yeah. fantasy. Well, of course, we, we see that the first episode is clearly um, homage to that whole Western thing. And, and there you actually have um, our boy Mando coming into town. And everybody saw the commercial where the baby Yoda's there in a, a canteen in a, in, a, in, a, in a boxing ring, I guess, or something like that. And yes. the little Yoda comes the in. First the first boxing ring in the in, in the Star Wars world. Well, probably it's more MMA. <laughs> so we'll call it MMA. So you see, um, Mando comes in there looking for some information on um on the Mandalorians because remember he is being tasked. I don't know why he took this task on to get Yoda back to his people. And of course, but they you know, were going be... to use him as a use him as a specimen. Well, the 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 remnants of um the um. The Empire were trying to get little Yoda to, to, to clone him. So I guess they could use him as some type of weapon or develop, you know, other 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 people with uh with this power. But Mendoz goes to this canteen in this faraway planet. He's like, hey, I'm trying to find more Mandalorians. I heard that you know what who who it is. And then of course in that scene you have um the guy like, yeah, I know who little baby Yoda is. And so Mando. They they say hey give us you know give us the baby Yoda because it's a huge bounty hey, for him. They're in the they're in the MMA fight. They all pull mm-hmm. guns on, right? Right, exactly. So they pull a gun on him, and baby his fists light up, and baby Yoda just pulls down that big container like bam, because we all know what's going to happen. And of course, he ends up kicking their butts, and finds out that um, there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. Now, why is Tatooine important? Is the birthplace all connected to everything in Star Wars? So much still happens in Tatooine. Exactly, you know, Luke Skywalker's hometown. Yeah. So the key, the key thing is that he goes over there. You know, he meets the um, the old uh, mechanic in her garage. We get to see more of the desert town, and this is getting more like a western. Yeah, exactly. Like that in his travels, even though he's high speed on this um, glider or whatever that thing is. Motorbike, I guess. uh, uh, So he gets to the town. He's trying to find out because they're saying, and they say this this guy's coming with a lot of um, chutzpah because they're like, oh, he kind of saved us. And when 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 the Mandalorian sees him, it's like uh, imposter. 
<laughs> imposter. That's right. He sees the marshal and says, this guy's not a Mandalorian. I'm yeah. here looking for a Mandalorian. This dude ain't no Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he proceeds to do the unthinkable according to this this version of Mandalore, of Mandalorian right. creed that he's brought. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. took the helmet off. People were like, oh, no. He's like, I'm going to kill this guy. The thing is like this, whose armor is that, though? Yeah, people figured it out right away. It's, it's Boba Fett's, baby. It's, it's Boba Fett's. Yes. Right. But, bro, who did they have? There's this guy, an actor from um, the, the this show called... Um, Damn, what's the name of the show? Justified, oh, the lead actor, Timothy yeah. Elephant. And he turns out when he takes off the helmet, the sheriff, he is the marshal, is the this the old US marshal from Justified. They bring him on like, yeah. Yeah. So you have him there. I mean, basically, he is replaying his role in Justified on here as a marshal, you know, you know, trying to save the town from bad guys and stuff like that. It was a good marshal. So they're like a good Mandalorian marshal. It's like perfect. <laughs> So it's kind of funny because his character was already written in the books um, by Wendig, like the aftermath series of books for the new, um, for the new, uh, what do you call it, the new set of movies. And, you know, he mentioned there. And it's, it's pretty interesting that they continue in this show to, to, to go back and, and, and hit basis on, hit um, old, connect old, um, like the issues with stuff in the books, stuff in the, in the movies, you know. It, that's a great thing. There's that connective tissue, you know, making the whole Star Wars universe more alive than ever. Making what, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Making sure you making you feel like you know what? I didn't waste all my money on those books. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new books, not the old ones. But yeah, you're right. Hopefully, they do the same thing too. So, you, so the, we they, we have this Mexican standoff that's going on where we know whoa, 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 whoa. we don't say Mexican standoff anymore. We, can't we just say, say stand that? up. We just say standoff. Oh come on! Why can't we, we say, say that? No, we, we don't say Mexican standoff anymore. Can't see, can't stop me from one of the, the Mexican well, standoff. We're stopping you there. So, so we have this thing where this is a standoff between the two Mandalorians, or one Mandalorian and the Marshal, and then we get to see this cool sand creature come out of nowhere and just go through the town. And it travels within the sand. And it takes one of these sort of mammoth cattle, like this creature that's like a, either a horse or like Banta. a panther. So, yes, it takes it, eats that, and it leaves. And then they have a common goal to deal with to say, if you get rid of this, because I need this stuff here, but I'll give you the armor if you help us get rid of that sand creature. Right. So what we got to remember why it's so important with the armor. The armor is considered Beskar steel. It's like one of the most strongest armor um, metal around, and it's it's uh, it's forged by the um, by the our boys, the Mandalorians, or this particular sect. And mm-hmm. it's very prized. The, the value of the armor is extremely expensive. It's like walking around with platinum armor. You know, like people yeah. are like, yo, yeah, it's real strong, but bro, it's worth some money. Yeah. So that's why. Of course, him and his shiny and everything, you know. But uh, it's they make the deal, like you said, and they um, to go and get rid of this this dragon. So that's what they're calling. They're calling it the Crate Dragon, and it exists in other um, Star Wars properties before. But I didn't think it looked the way they 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 put it out because you know what did it remind you of? What it reminded me of the Dune worms, you know. Okay. 
So I, yeah, yeah. I also they said it's a reptile. I thought it looked differently, but I, that's how I, I, I mentioned. I thought about it in my mind, but I did not expect it to look like a snake mm. or a worm. So I'm wondering if this is a dig at DC's Dune because Dune is all about the sandworms, and of course we have this worm. This this looks exactly like Warner Brothers. Dune. Warner Brothers, yeah. What did I say? The DC. Well, Warner Brothers own DC. You're right. It's not DC, but the whole family. So it's like. And that was supposed to be a big show this year. Movies supposed to come out this year, but now, like all other big budget movies, is being pushed to to next year and stuff like that. So you're like, wow, what the heck is going on here? And, but it, I mean, that's just for me. That's just what I thought. I thought, hey, what, what, why would they do that? But you know, Marvel used to do all that type of stuff, trying to one up um, DC in different stories and shows with different characters. So this does to me seems to be right in lane with right in line with what Marvel or Disney would do to its competitors. You know, hey, you developed the whole sandworm thing. And when people come to the theater, hey, I saw that thing at um, uh, Mandalorian, that's, you know? That's a classic thing that fans do is saying, no, they, they stole it from this thing. They know exactly. that production thing been going on for who knows how long. We didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> but um, with, that, with that said, um, we had this, is that when the Mandalorian, they, they take a ride out to figure where this thing is at. And at the same time, they decide the Mandalorian has to connect with the, with the Raiders. Was it the, the, the Tuscan Tuscan Raiders. He makes a deal, but they, they can't, this is one of the bits that I really like. I mean, I like the whole thing, but the fact that the Mandalorian understands the language of the sand creatures and they are very volatile still because we remember them kicking, kicking um, you know, beating up Luke Skywalker. So it's like, oh, these guys, these guys are great. I secretly always liked those guys, even though they almost took out Luke Skywalker. So it's one of those moments. Hmm? Payback for what Luke, what his father did to them when he went into um, in the prequel series and started killing all of them because they, they, his mother died when they were when she was taken by them, remember? Yeah, that, that was, I can't, I, 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 I've taken that out of my mind. Well, <laughs> well, they're making it more and more important. Dave Filoni, I think the executive producer and director is putting these things back into but, the show. But making them not as the, something that you just wipe out, like that sort of thing, like having them a part of the story, not just as, you know, like cannon fodder. So that was really interesting to me. And then having the people in the town want to start a fight with those guys. But then they finally work together and we find out they go where the, you know, the sand creature is, is, um, is hiding out. And of course, this sort of sandworm is smarter than we think. So oh, yeah. like, <laughs> it kind of takes the bait and escapes with no problem. So they have to think about it differently. So of course the Mandalorian has all these plans, these grand plans to stop this creature. And um, the next plan is, you know, to set up the thing when it comes out to sort of kill it with these explosives. But um, of course that doesn't go that well either. So this gives me, and when I was watching the show, like a Godzilla effect where I'm like, well, it's kind of just like, you know, you know, eating what it needs. It's just, you're in its ecosystem. So I was like, this is cool. But at the same time, when they started getting some headway of, of um, getting out there, stabbing with stuff, it was like, you know, 
you know, I guess like way like a lot of some creatures, like the way you see in the fly, where somehow it spits this sort of venom to sort of dissolve things. And that's where you can see, okay, this thing is really treacherous. And they start to get some headway. But this is more of a cool sort of Mandalorian thing to sort of give him a really act, big accent at the end, which is cool to do. So he has, he figures the plan. He goes, he actually, of course, gets swallowed. So get, you get a little bit of worry. Disgusting. And at the same time, he gets the other, the marshal, he shoots, hits his, um, his rockets to make him fly away and like watch over the kid. And the next thing you know, we had this nice visual of the, the monster opening its mouth and then the Mandalorian coming out and then hitting the bomb. So it wasn't like the Guardians of the Galaxy exactly, where you just have Drax like trying to kill it from within. He actually needs to get out because it can't be in the same place of explosion, which makes total sense. And of course, hey. And of course what? There's no naps in the Mandalorian. Who's napping? Oh, you. you got some nerve, boy. I know you're not talking that stuff. But listen, came back to the Mandalorian. I thought those are some great scenes. The humor um, in the whole show. You know, you have the Mandos tries to play the straight guy, right? But in reality, you know, all the comedic elements are happening around him, whether he likes it or not. You know, and of course, that's being played by Pedro Pascal, and we all remember him as Oberyn from um, Game of Thrones when he was trying to kill the um, the mountain and ended up having his head exploded because he, he, he thought he was the winner. But I, I think he does a great job here. You know, like you said, I love that part where he, the, 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 the great dragon, they have a banter out there loaded with food to, for him to eat. And this dragon is so smart, it goes and grabs the human, the, not the human, the Tuscan warrior instead. Mm -hmm. so yeah, you want to wake me up, baby. I'll show you what's up and then breaks out. Um, but the world, the, the, the very first episode, the very fact that it was very light, very funny, very, you know, I liked it a lot. And they brought in um, Timothy Elephant from, I guess, Justified to be the marshal. It just gave it that whole Western vibe. These episodes definitely seem more one-off-ish, you know, mm -hmm. so we'll talk about the next one so far. There's overall, there's a connecting tissue, but it's, um, it's interesting. It's just, it reminds me a lot of, um, what do you call those shows? You know, you go to, you watch a TV, you see one show and then it goes on to the next show. It's not, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to necessarily watch the other shows to see this, you know. Which is what I like. I'd rather TV go back to trying to do self-contained stories and less continuing because continuing allows you to milk a softer idea. If you do a standalone or keep it, try to keep it standalone with the thread through you have to make sure every episode is strong enough to stand on its own. So you can people can read the stuff they write. What what the heck can they do that? They're getting paid tons of money. What do you mean? To make sure everything's connected and read all the threads and make sure no one. No, I'm stop. saying that. I'm saying that it's a, if I want to do. I have multiple plot lines, right? I have three soft plot lines and one strong one, right? If I weave them in, like weave them in, going one after the other, I can, the softer storylines, I can weave in like a soap opera while you're waiting for the big thing to happen. I'm having stuff happening with the weaker ones, but that's when, I, you know, when I was thinking about doing a, um, like a, like a, before everything became 
long form storytelling. I really thought of that. But then at the same time, I noticed some of the ideas needed to be developed or else you have a weaker, you're consciously just saying, well, I don't have to kill myself on this because I'm, I'm piecemealing you on just the bits I think it's okay. And then at the same time, once it gets to the crescendo, then I, but if I took all those elements, the subplot and put it in one story, would it be as good? I don't think so. So I think you should make your bigger thread thing, your strongest element that you can weed through it and then make sure your episodes are strong. So then hopefully the audience will feel like they got something every week. And then when they get to the big payoff, it's not like it's the same thing that's been hammered every week after week after week. Or it's like I had to do something different because people already been following the story where they figured it out. But in this episode, there's one other bit. You see a character looming around that has no hair that's in the, in that area. And who is that? Do you remember? Boba Fett, baby. Boba yes, Fett. Tamura, what's it, the Morrison dude? Like he was in Once for Warriors. He was obviously in Attack of the Clones as Jango Fett. Once for Warriors. Remember Once for Warriors? <laughs> Once for Warriors. That's when I first met him. That's where they, I mean, if you look at, if you look at, um, What's that movie? What's that show? Um, if you look at the Phantom Menace in those early movies, you could see that George Lucas was pulling talent from all the indie films that he could find. Obviously, you know, what's the name was it? And Natalie Portman was in The Professional. You keep going through the talent that uh, Ewan you know, McGregor, he's in. I thought he was just going for keeping the cost less. <laughs> he wasn't one. No, well, I mean, these people were like names, not names, but they were the talent that was the next thing. And it wasn't like we're Star Wars. You could, there's nothing like Star Wars, there were no names in it. Like outside of um, Harrison Ford who did a couple things and um, and obviously, um, oh man, everything's going. But uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, Ben- Samuel L. Jackson? No, in the first series, there's only like a couple people that were names, obviously, um, um, uh, James Earl Jones, but that's as a voice. But everyone, uh, most of the lead characters are all sort of newbies as, outside of Harrison Ford and um, um, you're not going to help me out on this. No, not at all. I got to huh? see this. Not at all. The supporting I characters. I mean, Moff Tarkin. I said the, was the only person that were known was James Earl Jones. I already said that. Alec, Alec Guinness. James O. Jones and uh, what's the name? Obviously, um, Harrison Ford was known. Those are the only real known outside of the villain, but the main characters are all newbies, you know. So, yeah, okay. Well, thank you for that insight. Whatever, but I, that, it is. I say, I'm, I'm not dissing you, bro. What do you? Uh, it's interesting. I say uh, thank you for the insight. What, and uh, the, the thing, and one of the one so, of the, it, it just it just seemed like, but it's kind of wasted talent because it was like these they got all these people in there and. You know, Django Fett gets his head cut off. Like, come on, Boba. And then like, shunk. <laughs> in the, what was that, in the third one? I don't know, the second, I can't remember. But anyway, let's get on to the second movie, the second um, episode. All right, so the second one, they are now, um, when they come back to Mosai, to, to, to um, the town in, in, in Tatooine, basically what happens is, is that he meets the his mechanic, and they told him, "Hey, there's someone who may be able to find tell you where there's another 
Mandalorian. But of course, this this <laughs> this creature is a gigantic frog ferrying around her um, offspring, little ball eggs in his back. And it can't go. So Mandalore didn't want to do it, but he takes it. Takes now, down the before two. you go too far in that, this alter at this point is one of those things where people can get funny on it because it's not a creature like say a, a droid. It's not sort of a scary, cool thing like Chewbacca. This is a frog thing. And when Marvel did a rabbit, the comic people lost it. When if you know the character Jackson, the that character, the rabbit that was in the Marvel series, the fans lost it. So I was like, uh-oh, I don't know. Star Wars people don't like weird animals, even though there's tons of weird creatures in there. So it's like, <laughs> this frog- I, I totally disagree. I, I think they're gonna be fine with it, especially the, the Star Wars creatures. Come on. So, yeah. What other lead monster have you seen that's been like, like, Anything like a, a rabbit or a frog? Well, Admiral Akbar, Akbar. He was the admiral of the entire fleet that defeated the Empire. He looked oh, like that a character. But that was a, yeah. that's like alien. That's different from having it look like, you know, let's go full iguana on that character. <laughs> so we're moving on. <laughs> I can't understand why you would say that. So we're moving on. Look, so we. <clears throat> <laughs> so this frog-like creature basically wants to go to uh, some world um, to bring it to get his offspring. It's the last of their species, or, or and so they've sac sacrificed a lot to get it there. So the deal is, you know, she can't get anybody to help her go off the planet. So Mando's willing to do it. Find out about the Mandalorian, uh, the uh, the other Mandalorian there. But the deal is, is that um, he can't go light speed. He can't use the warp, right? He has to basically, you know, go as fast as he can using the ship, which is going to take much longer. Mm -hmm. and tends to be more dangerous. And right out the bat, as soon as he comes out, he gets stopped by two... Um... Now you're skipping over. Like Immediately, there's a, there's a language barrier between Mando and this frog woman. There's no language barrier. He can't all understand he, her. All, he, all she has to do is show the green, baby. Yeah, but he's saying, you know, he tells her at some point, she's trying to talk, she's saying something to him, and he's like, he said, do you speak any other languages? I don't know that one. He's like, let's just stop. Just just stop. And like he just like <laughs> he just him, he's like he's like he's had it. He can't the language barrier that was cracking me up. But he wants the kept, information. She kept going and he's like, that's that's it. So <laughs> let's go back to them going on the thing. You're missing the greatest stuff in there. So so they get on the ship and stuff like that. And one thing we got to remember about baby, baby Yoda is that that kid is a carnivore, or omnivore. He'll eat anything, and um, unless he's told to. And, and it's kind of scary that one of the the, the 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 you know the little soft and little toys that they're making up of Baby Yoda, and Baby Yoda is proceeding to eat <laughs> the offspring. Wait a second, you could all right. Let's stop. They're, oh on, they're, they're going, they're flying around, and mm -hmm. of course, they get met by some X-Wing fighters. Right. And the X-Wing fighters are just like the cops. So it's uh, it's almost similar Not to- Not just the, like, they are the cops. They won the rebellion, the so. So now so they're the cops, they're running the, they're running the sky, the space, the, the void of space, and they start asking questions about Mandel, why his beacon isn't on, and a bunch of other things. And he's trying to give him the sort of a 
the runaround. He turns on the beacon. They want to know more information. He's kind of like iffy. Then he's like, once he gets closer to the planet, it's like, time to run. And we get a nice chase. Oh, yeah. The, chase, the details on that was really nice. Yeah. And the chase to that led to the, the crash of Mando's ship and leaving him in really bad shape. And at this point, when um, let's get to what you want to get. Now the ship is a mess. They're in this ice area. And of course, everything is knocked around. And um, the frog woman is a mess. And you see, where is it? Where is it? She's talking about the, trying to find the eggs. And they find it, but they find it with, um, of course, with Maybe, the Yoda. And that's what you said. So, I mean, what we've seen before in the past, Baby Yoda definitely is, has an appetite, number one. You know what I'm trying to say? Number two, even in the first episode, they were roasting part of the, ba the, the, the bantha, another bantha, the great dragon. And he was, you could see him smacking his lip like, you know. And I think this was the beginning of the second episode. So what happens after this is that now he is alone. He's supposed to be in his um, little cabin taking a nap, but we know Baby Yoda doesn't. I don't even know if the doggone thing sleeps because it's always appearing when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. He's taking a look at the container that's holding the eggs and he's looking at it and looking at it and then he touches it. And we all think, oh, Baby Yoda is commuting with the little animals. Nah, baby. He's trying to open up the can so he can eat the doggone thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he does it throughout the whole episode with no guilt <laughs> or reservation at all. Uh, Mando has to tell him several times to stop. You know, He doesn't know how many he ate either. That's the other thing. So it could be more than and more than what we expect. But the ship is a mess, and then the frog lady is just like she's just losing it, and he's like, "We just gotta rest here for for a while, and then I'll try to fix it." And she's just going off and off, and they of course go to black when they wake up because they already hinted about the robot that's you know talking apart on the ship. That robot starts speaking, but it was actually the frog woman. She hotwired the robot so she could have a conversation with the Mandalorian and talk about, um, well, some weirdo. <laughs> but um, can't wait to, you know, like tell him the, the extreme case about the family and, you know, this is the last of the species, that sort of stuff. So, it, you know, try to stress what needs to be done. And that Mandalorians give their word, you know. I mean, because I mean that's one thing that you see that it's their cart, their 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 TV shows or man shows about what Mandalorians do and what they don't, you know, and the honor that they have. So mm -hmm. supposedly that's what gets to him when he wants to just say, ah, forget about it. But um, once they said it's all tame, rocked, ready to rock, it's how it rocks, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we go into the episode, and what happens is is that. The, the frog lady decides she wants to get out of her the ship and go bathe or relax in the hot warm spring to keep her kids warm. And, you know, this is to me, yeah, you know, you have to put stress your belief in all this stuff. But here you are on an unknown planet in the middle of an ice area, and yet they, she found a warm spring to go chill in. You're like, what the goonie goo goo is going on well, I here, think man? she probably did use some tech to make it. You know, like you said, we see people do that in those little side. Well, lines. that's not how it's explained. It's not explained like how that. How is it explained? Oh, you just see the character that she's walking away. She didn't away say anything. She just, we just see her in the spring. Don't we? Yeah, but I'm just saying, we don't know. All we see is see what happens. I mean, I, I assume is that, that she found the hot springs and, and she went in there because she's amphibious. 
you know. Well, All I know is that also connect that the hot spring can also connect to what happens next. That could be why this there's a congregation of this sort of I guess sort of a what's the name? The man, the the baby Yoda finds a um a spider's um hatching, and of course, of course, <laughs> your head just went down. Your head just went totally down. He eats it, and that leads to. But that, I mean, this water source could be where it's connected to these um. These creatures, you know. No, it's, the, it's not the creatures. I think it's him eating one of the creatures. Like oh, what? that's why they're all around there. Oh, gathered around next to this hot spring. Yeah, and it's interesting. Those spider-like creatures—they were also, I think, in Star Wars Rebels, and also came from some of the books and stuff. Um, so it's again the continuation. Dave Filoni, oh, one of the pilots, was the executive vice president, the executive, um, the executive producer, Dave Filoni. You know. Remember, there, there were two. There are two pilots, and they come down looking for them, and they find them, and they start shooting up the um, the cavern and stop the invasion of the spiders from taking over, which is cool. You know, at first I was like, those little pea shooters. It doesn't even make sense that they're going to be able to defeat all of them. But clearly, they've had some experience. And then, of course, they had the big, huge monster. But yeah, that was a, a fun thing. I thought the frog lady should be able to move quicker. But um, otherwise, it was still fun and them trying to escape and them getting to the end of their rope because they were almost getting out and then mm -hmm. the big monster crashed down on them. And then, of course, um, you know, what happened next? They go, like I said, they get out and then they're basically leaving. But this sets up the, the thing for the next episode. The next yeah, episode is going to come up. No, they have the, the time that the, the X-Wing fighters come and save the day. That's what I was saying. Dave Filoni is one of the pilots of, the, of those X-Wing fighters shooting. Yeah, we're all over the place on this. But hey, short story, long story, it is. Um, and of course, you know, the, the mother's this is now our, this aware. Is our, this is our stoner episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> so, The Mandalorian. <laughs> you see the keyboard. <laughs> the, the, the thing is typing in the, in the chat. <laughs> the Mandalorian. <laughs> that part when the... <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yo, we're, we're cutting close to the time, bro. We got to... I know. I can see, but um, yeah. So the, um, the, the the frog lady realizes what's been happening that somebody's been knocking off her 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 eggs, and she knows exactly who it is. You know, Baby Yoda. Of course, there's no guilt. That's that's what the craziest part is. All there's no guilt on that doggone creature's face. Baby, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yo, he's fifty years old. I don't know how much a baby is that. In probably a toddler. Probably, years. probably a toddler. But in like, Yoda years, if Yoda is nine hundred years old, yeah. divided by fifty, so how old is he? Hmm? I mean, that's great. I mean, it's said nine hundred. I mean, there you go. I mean, it's self-explanatory. I don't think so. But point of the matter is, he's a bad, bad boy, and and, and Lando acts as his father or surrogate father, and has to try and tell him what's right and versus what's wrong, but he don't care. Cause at the very end, you know, the, the, the mother's holding on to her crate and he's looking at it longingly and she's like, mm. and he turns around and just pops it out of his cloak 
pops another egg in his mouth, and you're like, oh my God, this kid is bad. No, yeah. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, so when it's this, a hot spring, I thought he was going to get some more too, so. Yeah, he couldn't because his pops was watching Mando, and so he had to go and, and, and disturb all the other creatures. I mean, wasn't it crazy when the whole, the, they were running away, and all of a sudden, the um, the frog lady just started jumping. Ribbit, ribbit. I thought she should have gotten moved faster. And it's one of those things where, you know, the kid gets you in so much trouble, you know, and then. Um, but what happened to the powers, man? He should have used his powers or something. For what? There's nothing he doesn't. They had gigantic spiders trying to break into their ship. What's he going to do? Nearly... Lift the spider off of them? <laughs> What do you think about um, the very fact that the X-Wing fighters left them there on the planet? What do you think about that? I was okay with it because it was what? like they saved them, but at the same time, it's not their job to get them out of there. He didn't, he didn't pay attention. He didn't, he, didn't pay, he didn't pay them no mind. They say he saved them. Isn't that good enough? Uh, no. Need, you no, want to to be, be spoon-fed the entire time? He didn't. They saved his life. He was asking them to make another deal, and he's like, you know. Look, it seems like this these guys, Mando is just bad luck, you know, when you think about it. In the first episode, he has to walk back to, to Tatooine, to the, to the main city of Tatooine, so that he can, um, you know, get his ship again, because his, his thing has been destroyed. And in the second episode now, he has to rebuild his whole ship, you know, in order to get to the, um, the moon where the husband is. So that he can get paid, or, or get, not get paid, but get directed as to where he's going, you know, mm-hmm. to find the other Mandalorian. So it's just crazy. I mean, the quest in and of itself is also difficult because when they tell him to, oh, he has to find one of his own kind. They didn't, they, they didn't tell him, hey, you know, make sure you find a green, either a green Yoda or find a Jedi and stuff like that. If he knew that, then it would probably simplify what he has to do and where he has to go. Yeah, you know. But overall, I think it was a good episode. You know, I, I liked number one better because, you know, Timothy Oliphant's there no, being in his role yeah. from Justified. While this one here you have, it's, it's, it, you know, Baby Yoda was just like killing the comic relief. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, killing the comic. And the rabbit, I mean, the, the, I didn't think I was going to like it because of the whole um, frog thing. And then all of a sudden, it, it ended up yeah, that's exactly what I said. You said no, and now you're saying exactly what I said because it was a fraud thing. That's what. That's exactly what I said. Okay, then if you said that, I apologize. Look at this. You see that? Yeah. I, I learned this move. I learned this movement from uh, my emoji in um, on my phone. Oh my goodness. Okay, so. Are you interested in seeing the next one, next episode? Of course, yeah. So it seems it takes place because it's a it's a it's a war, water world. I think we see in the trailer we see that um, we see that uh, the, the the frog-like creature again. So I okay. guess he must have landed on the world, and then we go forward from there. So we'll see what happens. It's every every episode is uh, the last two episodes were pretty action-packed, so which is good. Yeah. So. I guess that closes it out for us. Yes, it does. Another so, episode well, in the books. All we got to say, everybody, listen, go out there and watch watch uh, Mandalorian. We think it's pretty good so far. Hopefully the level of, of um, the characters are interesting. Hopefully 
the Easter egg for all you you hidden Star Trek fans, Star Wars fans, excuse me. Bad, bad Mars, man. bad Mars, oh bad my Mars. Gosh. Bad I said bad Mars. Wow. I'll do three Hail Marys and call it a day later, so. Yeah, we gotta do something. Yeah, you're getting on them, but attitude, bro. You're trying to keep your weight. Bro. So yeah, it, hopefully everything <laughs> works out for the next episode, because I mean, I, I've anticipated. Some people are complaining that, oh, I need to binge this. Yo, just chill out and wait, you know what I'm trying to say? It's gonna yeah. come when it comes. So then, yo, PD, tell the customers, Tell the customer, tell our people to do what? Spin our account. Subscribe. Subscribe. Like comment. or dislike. Comment. comment. And um, yeah, come back and watch our other episodes that we talked about. Um, we got a bunch of stuff on Star Wars on here, so you should check it out. Yeah. Spin a rock. Out.